millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, despite last week saying we don't think we're going to be doing a Behind the Glass Live in America, how quickly things have changed. Oh, we're do- oh no. Yes, yes. Tell me not what's no. going on. Uh, super excited to say we will be doing a live podcast event in Los Angeles, California. Brilliant, mate. Head over now, seenthroughglass.com or seenthroughglass.online. Head to the events section. There'll be a link in the description below this episode. Whether you're listening or watching, you can click on that and find out all the details for, yes, hashtag BTG Live in LA. We want to see as many of you there as possible. We don't know the exact breakdown of our US audience. We know there's lots of you. We don't know what states you're in, but heck, US isn't that big. Travel. <laughs> yeah, you can get a plane in an hour and go right across. It is huge, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's massive. massive. Um, but yeah, it should be super fun. And we'll do a few US specific fun things, especially for the Rate My Ride section. Oh, like we're going to do got, a Rate My Ride? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, we got be good. We've got a bit of uh, <laughs> some fun ideas. So it'll be great to see as many of you there. Once again, head to seenthroughglass.online or seenthroughglass.com. Head to the event section. Get yourself a ticket now. And we'll see you at the first international btg live from california yeah hello one and all and welcome to behind the glass your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts no 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 i'm sam from the youtube channel seen through glass i'm tony from gravelwood car sales and you can watch us each week on youtube you can also listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and most podcast players we hope you enjoy the episode Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. Uh, I first started drinking AG1 by Athletic Greens about a year ago now when loads of my favourite creators started to talk about it. I listened to Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert a lot. He was banging on about it. Some of my favourite YouTubers, Caro and Nate, Sailing the Vagabond, they kept banging on about it. And they were all doing a great job of promoting it because I was like, this stuff sounds awesome. I ordered it and yes, I got hooked. If you don't know about Athletic Greens, it's essentially a one-stop shop for everything you need in your body every day. It gives you that feel-good factor. AG1 has me covered even on those days when I can't get all the nutrients I need for my body. It's my multivitamin, my multiminerals, pre and probiotics, immunity support and greens all in one. The amount that I'm out and about and doing things and traveling, I often forget to sort of be healthy and I can often feel my body kind of struggling to keep up with the pace that I'm running at. But since I've been taking AG1s, I feel way more energetic, way healthier and just better in myself one scoop once a day added to 250 or 300 milliliters of water 
Of course, it tastes healthy, but that's good. You know that you're drinking something that is good for you. And once you start, you will then get hooked. AG1 by Athletic Greens promotes gut health, supports immunity, as I say, boosts energy and helps recovery. It's backed by science and obsessively researched. It contains 75 vitamins, minerals and nutrients. It's only got the good stuff. It's gluten-free, it's dairy-free, it's nut-free, there's no added sugar, no GMOs. I mean, you get it. It's really only stuff that is good for you and your body. Click my link to get a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs. You can't put a price on your health. America! Beep, beep! Do you remember that film? Did you ever see that film? No. Uh, Team America. No idea what you're going oh, on. Oh, it was a great film. It was like a puppet comedy. It was dark. Oh, it was brilliant. But they had this one song that went, America. Yeah. And I'll let Ben bleep the is that a, swear word. Is that a 90s or, or? No, no, no. Uh, 2000s. 2000s. Oh, right. It's actually hilarious. We should maybe watch it on the plane when we go to LA. Because that is next week. I'm overexcited today. Can you tell? Yeah. Well, you've been doing a bit of planning, a bit yeah. of last-minute planning as well. So I'm actually excited as well. Things like, are coming I, together. I cannot wait, yeah. I'm I, excited uh, to go. I just put a poll out asking which American cars you would most like to see me and Tony drive. What and, did you put a poll? Where? where? Uh, on on the Behind the Glass YouTube channel. Oh. Uh, and I asked uh, Shelby Mustang GT500, Dodge Challenger Hellcat, uh, Cadillac ATSV slash CTSV, and the new Chevrolet Camaro. I know, sorry, the new Chevrolet Corvette, which you obviously would get here, and a Camaro ZL. Oh, but that's a good car. It'd be interesting that one, wouldn't it? That I mean, Corvette one. I think let's just try and do them all. <laughs> is that the Z06 thing? No, I, I, I don't know if I can get hold of a Z06 in time. There is the Z06 out now, but it's the one that's the kind of mid-engine, yeah. sportier one. Yeah. But obviously we get them here now, so I'm a bit like, oh, is it that interesting? Yeah, but driving an America car in America, mate, it's got to be... It's got to be something about it, right? I yeah. Mean, oh, I love American cars. I'm like the Richard Hammond of our little Top Gear gang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be right into it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, a little overexcited because, yeah, we're doing a lot of planning. Just got uh, Tony's Esther, his visa waiver uh, sorted so that he actually should be allowed into the country. Still not convinced you will be allowed into the country. I think they'll take one look at you and go, no, sir. <laughs> no chance. No, thank you. I had to, You know, when you're doing any kind of traveling and you're doing visa applications, they ask you these kind of questions like, have you ever been arrested for fraud? Are you a terrorist? Are you carrying more than £250,000 worth of cash? I literally had to double check every single one with Tony. <laughs> I wasn't confident enough to say no to those for you. Oh. Anyway, so yes, next week we will be back with you with an episode from America. Our first big international special as parts Behind the Glass Live, or oh, Behind the Glass in general. Um, we did obviously do the Mila Mila adventure, um, but but this is much more of a yeah a podcast special. We hope to do three, maybe four different episodes from the US. Uh, hopefully some guest stars coming on, some interviews, some things. So lots to look forward to. And our first episode will come with you next week. We're going to do some main channel stuff, don't we? Yeah, lots of main channel yeah. stuff as well. Lots of Instagram stuff. Um, hopefully by then, this lurgy, this British cold will have cleared off. Because I think America is still a little bit covid scared and if i turn up with my grisly voice they might go oh my god sir can you take a covid test it would be negative because i've taken three already they won't let you in mate. they won't let me in god you by yourself in california <laughs> god that's a nightmare 
Uh, anyway, let's do our usual thing and catch up with what we've been up to. Uh, we actually recorded midweek last week, so we saw each other rel- relatively recently. But uh, how was your weekend? I imagine quite wet. Oh yeah, I went to a fireworks display as I, as I assume most people did. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just pick you up on that? Sorry, as I gulp my coffee. Of course you can. Uh, explain that quickly because we had some some foreign guests at the weekend who, oh. who didn't really know anything about bonfire night. So you say I went to see some fireworks. Why? Where? When? Well, because of Guy Fawkes. Who was Guy Fawkes? He tried to blow up the as the Parliament, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And now, for some reason, every year we celebrate that fact yeah. by burning him on the top of a bonfire yeah. and setting off a load of fireworks. Yeah, it's quite a weird thing that we do in this country. Very weird. But I wasn't it. A, wasn't it? A, has it always been an English thing first, or was it Americans and we copied them? No, did Guy Fawkes was here, bro? Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. So the Americans have copied us then. Do they do Bonfire Night? I, I sure, it's worldwide, no? No, I don't think it is. No? That's the whole here. thing. It's just here. I, I, I did. You know, they are trying to ban it. Bonfire Night. Full stops fireworks, yeah. Wow, why? Because How of the pollution. No. no, honestly, mate, it's a thing. <laughs> no more fireworks stop. because of all the gunpowder and all the. So yeah. just stop oil are going to be. Gluing themselves to bonfires around. Yeah. I mean, you should. we should glue some of them to fireworks and set them off. <laughs> that, is that Lots really of, a thing? I heard it the other day. They're trying to ban it. I am all for saving this planet in the parts where it needs saving. Some parts I'm not sure need saving. But, yeah. you know, I am all for climate control. I, anyway, I'm not here saying I'm not like a head in the sand. Yeah. But at the same time, you know... Banning fireworks, is that where we should really be putting our attention right now? Well, Are there not more crucial areas that we need to we need to get in check first before banning fireworks? Many, many, mate. But, you know, do-gooders, isn't it? Do-gooders. Well, yeah. and, they, and they can far easier as get, get into a bonfire event or a fireworks event and go, oh, you can't use these, yeah. than they can attack global shipping yeah. or meat production or whatever. You know, these big, big issues, which are actually... Um, serious. Twiggy, it, why are you shaking so much? Uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching, uh, Twiggy's here today, my, my little dog, and she's just jumped onto my lap. She's like shivering. It's really not that cold in here. Are you chilly? Well, maybe she needs a toilet, mate. I think she probably does, but we're in the middle of recording a podcast, so <laughs> she's going to have to hold it. She's going to have do, to hold it. Don't do a pee on me, Twiggy. That would be very uh, unprofessional. Did she do that? Is that a thing? No, she's never done that, but oh, she's okay. really shivering, which looks... She does get cold easily. Anyway, so we got distracted. Um, okay, so yeah, so I just wanted to clarify Bonfire Night because I assumed everyone in the world knew what Bonfire Night was. I so say we had some visitors uh, over at the weekend and I was ch- and they were like, what is this? Uh, my dog doesn't like Bonfire. Ah, uh, yeah. He common. is fuming Bonfire because it's, uh, it's his first Bonfire Night. So... He he wasn't wasn't keen. He wasn't happy, mate. No, I think that's a famous thing. I think I think dogs aren't fans of fireworks. Yeah, and because he's a guard dog, he was literally when he hears, he just goes berserk. Yeah, runs out in the garden, goes crazy. It's a good impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally how he sounds. It's exactly the same. <laughs> and we look similar as well. They say dogs look like that. Yeah, 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 they do. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're dogs. Um, yeah. Any car action? There was, a, I think there was a Goodwood meet, wasn't there, on Sunday? A I very don't know. rainy Goodwood meet. I, I couldn't attend, but I saw some pictures. But, any, you know, any car action? No, not really, mate. It's wet and cold and horrible. And, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's no good, is it? No, it's it's that time of the year in the UK where we're actually 
doing stuff in cars isn't that fun. You know, mm. yeah, puddles everywhere. Traffic's awful. Not much light during the day. Like days are short now. Yeah, There's not much going on. Like as I say, I saw pictures from Goodwood, and it just looked miserable. People just freezing the tits off. Cars soaked. I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah, really that much I fun. mean, yeah. Well, having said that, I did get some car action. Oh, because well, you had visitors. Well, I did have visitors, but right. um, they come. Uh, they didn't come, but oh. they, they allowed me to go out and. Uh, check out the RM Sotheby's London oh, auction. Oh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, I want to dive straight into this, really. It's going to right. be a big topic for today because uh, this was, you know, a very cool auction um, that RM Sotheby's were doing that was really dominated by one collection that they nicknamed the Gran Turismo Collection okay. from a single owner that I'm sure lots of you will know or will have figured out because the owner was very prolific on social media. They hosted events uh, at their house and they also did a lot of content with their cars, um, which used to go by the name Tax the Rich. Correct. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people figured out. But but anyway, for whatever reason, uh, R.S. Sotheby's called this collection the Grand Turismo Collection. It was about 18 cars from one single owner. Fair. Uh, and every sort of Ferrari that you would want, big hit, a modern Ferrari, I should say, Enzo, LaFerrari, F50, 288 GTO, 599 SA Aperta, 550 Bucata. The list goes on. F40. Amazing Jaguars, amazing Bugattis, Group B rally cars. It was an incredible collection. Lovely. And there was a smattering of other cars uh, on offer as well, which we'll talk about. But but really, it was that that Gran Turismo collection, which, you know, stole stole the, um, the show. Thank you. Um, but in the build-up to the auction... A lot of people were saying, well, given the global economic climate, given what the legend Sam and Tony keeps saying, this will be a fascinating insight into the current state of the car market or the collector car market. Yeah. And to be fair, I kind of like thought similar-ish. I mean, throughout the last three or four years, which is really my experience of a global economic issue, with COVID and all these kind of things, that top end collector market has always stayed relatively strong and actually has gained in strength in many areas. So I didn't really think that the auctioning of a LaFerrari and Chiron Supersport 300 Plus and some Group B rally cars was going to indicate how the how the BMW X3 market is doing. No. But at the same time, you know, it was it clearly the fact that cars were going up for sale hints that the the owner thought maybe now's a good time to get rid of some of this stuff. Yeah. What did you think? When you first heard or saw about the auction, did you go, wow, he's getting rid of a lot of stuff. He's getting ready for the recession. Or did you think, oh, cool, like another auction? Yeah, literally that, mate. Okay. Because, you know, there could be several reasons why he's getting rid of his cars. If he's got 18 top-end cars... I would assume he's not short of a few quid and he's not getting rid of them because of the money. Maybe he's just had enough. Some people just had have had enough of cars. Simple as that. Maybe he's got to that time in his life, he's ticked all these boxes, he's done he's done everything he wants to do with them. And uh, that's that. You never know. You Any, never know. Everyone's situation is, is personal. I mean, when was that big collection on collecting cars? That when there was like the yeah. 40 odd cars, I met the guy, yeah. super nice guy. And he was just like, I just woke up one day and I was there like, well, I don't need them anymore. Like yeah. I've done it. Yeah. So I think it was more, maybe more coincidental that now was the time that these cars went up for sale. But also maybe, maybe the owner went, 
the world's looking like it's going to be a bit grim for the next few years. I was probably going to sell these in the next three to five years. Might as well get rid of them now, whilst theoretically the market's still okay. All right, so let me tell you something about that. If he was doing it because he thought that the market, the market's already not good. So if he... Car market or global market? Everything. Okay. It's, it's, it's too late now, basically. To be discussed. It, it's, it's, too, it's too late now. So... If you're if you're selling your eighteen masterpiece cars to to try and get some money back, this is not a good time. You dolt on now. So I don't think he was doing it for money. If 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 he is switched on, like I know he probably is because he's got that money, not because he's an idiot. He's got it because he he, he knows about markets and stuff. He'd have sold them last year, mate, when they were at their peak. You know what I mean? And actually, if you Probably if you, I didn't watch the auction, mate, but I bet they didn't fetch. It, there may probably have been a couple of bits and pieces that probably fetch good money, as there always is in an auction, you know, because it's supply and demand. If there's a car that someone wants and someone else wants it, you start bidding more, and, and the auction price will end whoever's got the biggest balls, and people get carried away in an auction, and that's just what happens, you know. That's why sometimes cars fetch loads of money in an auction, because two people want it. Well, yes. I mean, I think, firstly, I, w- I, I actually, I would disagree with a few of those points. I, I, I think, firstly, he's owned the cars we know for a while. Yeah. So, fundamentally, whether he sold them last year, this year, or next year, he's probably going to have made a huge amount of money on each of them. So, just in general, I, I'm with you where if he, you know, so, I don't what think... What I'm it, saying is he's not, he weren't doing it for the money. Sure. I, I, 100%, because if he was... This is probably not the best time to put eighteen real high end cars up for sale. Well, That's I think I'm saying yeah, no. Well, we're going to go through actually the auction results to kind of analyse this because I was lucky enough to go a bit of a preview and I, I did keep tracks of the auction taking place and we now have the results. So we'll, we'll go through and work out whether we think they've done well or not, or, or he's done well. And this is all just absolute. Is it conjecture? This is like us disopinioning like we don't know anything we don't know about his situation we don't know what made him happy or not we don't know what the reserve figures were we don't know who was bidding and did they all sell uh we're gonna go through i, I don't oh, know off the top of my oh, head okay, and also let's not forget this is an auction so we don't actually know final fight like it might have hammered at a certain price will it event will it literally trade hands will the money tra- change hands what was the reserve like, you know so we don't always know and it was a bit like collecting cars i think that enzo and f40 those crazy numbers we're assuming, assuming that those cars sold and the money all changed hands, but you can't always just literally look at a piece of paper and go, no. oh, wow. You know, if a F40 sold for 2.2 mil or whatever it was on collecting cars, that means that's what they're all worth now. So, you know, you kind of got to judge. So we're just literally looking at this from a piece of paper and making some assumptions. But all I would say is that uh, I think, well, actually, no, let's let's just dive into it. Let's have, let's have a look and let's let's have a look at the Gran Turismo collection to start with and then let's come back because there were some very other interesting cars that were up for auction that I think did incredibly well. Um, so let's kickstart with the uh, F40. Mm-hmm. F40 here, part of the collection, sold, it says, for 1.4 mil. That's, I think, including fees. Is that pounds? Pounds. Right. I think that's done well. I mean, the estimate was somewhere in that region. I think for an F40 these days, what that's kind of where they're at. What miles? Let's open it up and have a look. Um, but uh, here we go. So uh, 1.4 mil uh, miles. Uh, can we see it anywhere? We're now having to scroll. Uh, Eight and a half thousand kilometers. Okay. 
That's a pretty good car. Yeah. Pretty neat and tidy. 1.4 mil. I think, I think that's good. That's probably about uh, right. I right? think that's probably about yeah. right. And th- from what I know from the auction results, um, the stuff that did sell sold about right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, in my mind, apart from a couple of cars that weren't part of the Grand Tourism Collection, there weren't necessarily any show, like, show-stopping headline, like, wow, that's unbelievable. I can't believe so. It was like, okay, that's sold for what you would think it might sell for, yeah. which I guess is good for them. Like, 1.4 mil for an F40. How often do we discuss, or how often do we meet people who go, oh my God, seven years ago, I sold my F40 for 300 grand. What was I thinking? The thing is, mate, mate as well, in, in recessions or economic bad downturns for every person that's not doing well there's always someone else that is of course so it's sometimes an opportunity i that's how i always see it yeah i I said to you before i always see this as an opportunity so some 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 people we don't know why why he sold it all and actually, who cares? It's none of oh, our yeah. business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, who cares? It's up, it's up maybe, it's like up to him. said, it's up to him. There is cars. Maybe he just done enough for me. Don't use them. He just thinks, you know, I can put my money somewhere else or I, I just want out of them. I don't want them anymore. So I, I think that's I think that's good money for an F40 in the grand scheme of things. I, yeah. I, I have to say, I think, you know, they, they have been rocketing 1.4 mil for pretty, you know, I, I think that's good. I mean, and the Enzo, 1.9 I mean, again, I think that's pretty good for an Enzo. What I think, miles? What miles is that? Uh, that's a high mileage car, super high mileage car, 70,000 kilometers plus. Right. So it's a super high mileage car. So I would say that's quite a lot. I think that's a lot of money. I would say that's a lot, yeah. I think he's done very well with the Enzo. Yeah. Um, also, look at this guy, XJ220S, nearly a mil. I mean, that's double your standard XJ220 money. Um, it's a quirky, wacky car. They, I think they only made five of them or something like that. Uh, the homologated Le Mans car. Again, that's strong, I think. I have no idea what I'm doing. No, but I mean, I think the estimate was somewhere in that region. Right. Uh, you know, most of the cars, I believe, kind of hit their lower estimated uh, value. So if a car was estimated to four, four and a half mil, it was getting in at four. Okay, so fine. I think the XJ220 was like 900 to 1.2 mil, sold at 900. Okay, right. Um, but these were the ones that blew my mind, the Group B rally cars. Look at this, Audi Sport Quattro S1. For one point eight million pounds, I am not in this world. Like rally cars for me, I I don't get it. But this, all the rally cars he had were very important cars. There was a, a rally Monte Carlo winning car. This was a, a, a I think a a UK rally winning car. Yeah. Anyway, proper bits of kit, super important. Twiggy, do you mind not getting caught up in these wires? Can you come here, Twiggy? Sorry, sorry everyone. Can you go on your bed, please? Come on, on your bed. Annoying. Um, yeah, so the rally cars absolutely flew. Uh, Super America, cheap. 189,000 for the cheap Super America. Yeah. I think that's that's really cheap. Miles on that one? That, no that, idea. No idea. You're going to ask me miles and everything? I'm not going well, to Well, no, because, it's re- because it is relevant, mate. Of like, course, it's relevant if it's a good version or a bad yeah, version. So, of course. so you're right, the Enzo at 2 mil for a 70,000 kilometer car. Of course, but I'm just not going to be able to tell you the miles or yeah. everything. So uh, without opening so up and scrolling. So take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, EB1 10 Bugatti, 1.4 mil. Uh, I don't think the 288 GTO sold. Right. Price upon request, it says. That was estimated, at, I think, up to 4 mil. They have flown the last few years. Right. Literally last 18 to 20 months, 288 GTOs have flown, but suggest yeah. to me that maybe that hasn't sold. Okay. Um, Lancer Delta, rally car, 1.6 mil. Flipping it. Yeah, XJR 15, nearly a mil, 972 grand. The Laf, LaFerrari, uh-huh. 1.9 mil. That was a thing, like, I think that was like a 28,000 kilometer car. So that wasn't a low good, mileage example. Good money, mate. That's good money, yeah. I think. You know, yeah. uh, Apertas, I think, are double that. But 
That's good money. Yeah. Uh, the Mura, two million pounds for the Mura SV. I think that's strong again. Is it? Uh, I think that's really strong, mate. I mean, the estimate was somewhere. Uh, that's the higher end of the estimate, I think, for the Mura. Um, you know, you don't see them come through very often, so that was pretty impressive. SA Aperta, a million pounds for a 599 SA Aperta now. That's nuts. F50, it looks like it maybe didn't sell. But check out these two. The Bugatti Chiron Supersport, 4.1, nearly 4.2 million pounds. That's a lot. That is a lot of money, dude. That was estimated to be four and four and a half. The Testarossa Spider, one and a half million pounds for a Testarossa Spider. Absolutely insane. He he would be definitely in front. He's done well. Oh, my God. Yes, man. Because if he's had him a few years... He's not paid that money from a few years ago. No, sure. that's, I mean, you know, even the F40, as I say, like, I'm fairly certain that's a car they've had for maybe nearly 10 years, you know. Right. There's probably a million pounds worth of profit yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, even though I get the feeling with this collector and this collection and how the cars have been used and all the videos that we saw over the years, they were really thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. And, and you know, cars are still being... But they're owned. thoroughly enjoyed and they've made some money. So, perfect. You can't do that for painting. So coming out of the Gran Turismo collection, uh, this was a car that a lot of people sent me a message about. Uh, Chan Stradali at 150 grand. People were like, oh my God, the market's tanking. This is your moment. That's a left-hand drive. Stradali in the UK, that is bang on the money. Yeah. It is bang on the money. 150 grand. Yeah. Really nice spec. Uh, no stripe. Tan, in, uh, sorry, not tan interior. Black leather interior. I think it was all right, Miles, but that, that is bang on the money. So that yeah, one, okay. a lot of people sent me that saying, oh my God, look at it. And again, the the 16M, 300 grand, I think bang on the money. Just retail money. Uh, yeah, yeah, bang on retail money. So as I say, I think for me, a lot of these figures were actually that nothing spectacular. It doesn't suggest that the market is going insane. They are all strong figures as the market has been for the last 18 months. This isn't a barometer of the market, mate. No, no, no. But I'm just, I'm just saying in general, in general, like this is a, this is a a, a show that some of these cars have, you know, done where they're, they're not all not selling. They're not all going for super bargains and they're also not going insane values. Um, But there are a few (laughs) that buck that trend. So firstly, the Rolls Royce Silver Shadow, previously owned by Freddie Mercury from Queen, 286,000 thousand pounds now i'm pretty sure that money was going towards charity for ukraine but that's insane i mean that's like that's all the money i mean all the money so people went 10 grand or 15 grand in normal if that's a normal i think the estimate was yeah 40 to 60 grand like that because of the the history and the previous owners but if it was just a normal one oh yeah freddie mercury hadn't i mean a joke right so that's insane yeah but take these the jdm cars now we've spoken about this a bit before and i want to talk about it a bit more now these are insane money. Toyota Supra, 2002 car, RZ-S twin turbo. That's as bog spec I think you get as a Supra. Uh-huh. 69 grand. Yeah. RX-7, 105,000 pounds yeah. for an RX-7. The, N- uh, the NSX hasn't actually done that well, 63 grand, I don't think. The Nissan Skyline, Skyline GTR, 224 thousand pounds yeah and i had some people tweeting me from america saying that's nothing in the, in the u.s they're going for four hundred thousand dollars yeah so for me these four well, that's where they're going to end up blew me away that's way more than the big euro stuff yeah 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 but that's exactly where they're going then cars and that so so how do you read this so if we think actually in the grand scheme of things and we're, we're talking about this auction not the overall market uh-huh the european big collector stuff the laferize therefore they have all sold for good money 
in the grand scheme of things, you know, but these in my mind are super hot, flying, going up through the roof. Who's buying these? What does it suggest for that part of the market? And what does it mean for the lower down? What what are Honda and what are Honda Civic Type R's doing? Like, you know, what are you seeing any difference in other lower end Japanese stuff coming through? No, not not. I mean, the, the millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All these cars here, they're all going to America, mate, because that's where they're making the money. So as we know, when is it something becomes a vintage car? Is it 21 or 25 years? Or yeah, I, I forget the exact number. And American values, viewers let us know. Yeah. Values rocket from that point. And all of them cars fit in that bracket, which is why they're a few quid in America, because they've been drained of it for so long. I mean, it. you need your head testing to spend that money on them sort of cars. You know, all of them cars, me growing up, they're all 10,000 quid, 15,000 quid. I mean, they're, they're, they're for nothing. And now look at them, they're through the roof. It blows my mind because 220, nearly 5,000 pounds, 225, yeah. for a Nissan Skyline GTR from 2002. I, I've driven, I think nearly that, I don't think that's a V-spec too near. I think I've driven identical car to that. It's a fa- it's a great car for forty grand. It's, that is not in my mind a two hundred twenty. And I'm sure a lot of JDM fans are going to go. Well, hold on a sec, Sam. How can you say that a sixteen M is what? I mean, it's a bloody Ferrari. I mean, yeah. and, and every the dynamics of it, the development, like everything about it is way more. And are we saying in fifteen years' time the R thirty five Nissan GTR is going to be hundred and fifty grand, two hundred grand? I mean, they're they're thirty grand now. You know, so I'm sure a couple of people have tucked them away and there's some really nice low mileage ones. What 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 are we saying about ourselves? Are they going to be that money now? Exactly you know, in, that. In like 10 years' time. What's next to go? Like, yeah. obviously these, I mean, 
I'm not sure even these are that special. Like for example, I, I'm unfortunately my JDM knowledge is never that great because yeah. when I was growing up, all my friends had Euros, Euro cards, like, you know, yeah. three series and, and, and I don't even know what golfs and yeah. you know, whatever. So I never had a chance to get really into this scene, but yeah. Is an RX-7 Spirit R Type A a very special variant? As far as, because this is my era, mate. This yeah. Is, this was like me, teenager, early 20s. So, you know, I had Subarus, I had uh, Nissan Pulsar GTRs. You know, I, I rocked around in all this stuff. And, and as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, they're piles of poo. Like genuinely, like I'm not being derogatory. The European equivalents this is why they're not really in our market anymore because I mean, even the suit, take the super is a BMW now because Toyota can't make a car as good as the, 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 you know, the European rivals. It's not, it's not really a thing anymore. And yeah, the Nissan GTR, the current one is good value for, 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 for buck, good bang for buck essentially. But actually now it's been left behind. In terms of even speed. development, yeah. yeah, it used to be incredible that car, didn't it? You know, in two thousand nine when it came out, it was like half the price of a nine eleven turbo, and it was just as quick, and you know all the G forces and stuff now. But the the, the current car now, the twenty, I don't even know if you can still buy them as brand new cars. But the current car now gets literally dwarfed by a nine eleven turbo S now. Sure, Do you know, like things but, have moved on. But but things have moved on. I mean, these are early two thousand cars, you know. I've been lucky enough to drive a, a Gen 1 NSX. Absolutely loved and adored it. Yeah. I have driven a Skyline GTR, that, that generation, that R34, that is, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely adored it. Never driven a Supra and never driven an RX-7. Yeah. But I just didn't know, like, you know, if these were super limited, Japanese only, one of five cars, I'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. We th They weren't available to the rest of the world. They were Japanese market specific. They're super rare. They're a more powerful variant or whatever. But I, as far as I know, and as I say, correct me if I'm wrong, they aren't. I think the there was a more special version than the V Spec two new, and you know, obviously the NSX had the Type R's, well, and there was an R Spec and an S Spec, and there was there was a lots few of special variants. It's not yeah. like the twenty two B that I drove that we spoke yeah. about. Like that is a special car for sure, because I mean, it was even, essentially a homologated rally car, right? And even back in the day, mate, back then, that that was a real spec, which is why Subaru made all them different variants, STI WRX and STI V spec. And, a, you know, you'd get a three door one that would be an import from Japan because no one, one, you'd have the P1, which was the rip off version of the 22B. It was the UK version, but it wasn't really, that was nowhere near as a 22B. But back in my day, a 22B was 25, 30 grand ish. And the P1 was half. Mm. And we'd look at it as kids or you know, early 20s, look at it and go, well, I saved the money, I have to P1. Because what's the point in having the 22B? And it was rare as well. Like, you wouldn't see them in this market. Don't forget, a lot of these cars as well would have been Jap imports. As in, you know, it was, it was an actual thing in the 90s and the 2000s where you had companies importing cars from Japan, restricted at 112 mile an hour, and you'd have to get them de-restricted or not de-restricted. I remember my Nissan. I bought it from a grey import place. <laughs> of course you did. No, no, no. Because oh, that's how, put that on the US visa. That, <laughs> that's how you. That's how you bought them. You know, there was there was another one, the the rip off to the Shogun, which was called the Piaggio. I bet they're a few quid now, yeah. by the way, as yeah. well. I mean, it was a it was a terrible thing. <laughs> it, honestly, they were so bad. But 
Is this another example? Because I, you know, you will always hate anything, and especially hate an older car. I see the appeal of these. I definitely get the appeal of I these. I do as well. Is it another thing of our generation now growing up and getting more disposable income? And we're seeing it on the European side of things where it's no longer 60s cars that people are lusting after and getting crazy values at auction. It's more now the 80s and 90s stuff like F40s, like F50s. You know, these were Gran Turismo. This is Gran Turismo era stuff. Yeah. And Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, yeah. literally that. So yeah. these are poster cars or movie cars that now people can get or people want that are pushing their values up. And in my mind, in terms of, okay, investment isn't a word that we try and steer clear off on this podcast because we don't think it really makes sense when you talk about car world, but- Unless you do it for a job. Sure. Uh, these are the cars that are appreciating fastest, for sure. In, in the automotive world in the UK and Europe, the fastest appreciating cars are these JDM cars. Pound for pound, percentage, 100%. Yeah. And two, I'll tell you another thing as well. It'd be interesting to see how many actually- how many private people are actually buying these cars? Yes. I, I think these are agents or, you know, brokers that, that, that actually not even using their own money and it's been bought with foreign money, American money, for instance, and they're going over there, mate. I, I, I cannot, honestly, being that this is my era, the, I, I was around all these cars, I cannot fathom in my head that these cars are fetching this much. I mean, that Supra, I mean, it's not even a proper one. You know, it's like a that that is like the baby one. That, that's a, it's like the entry level bog spec a, one, right? And it's six, seven, yeah, yeah, nearly seventy grand, sixty nine, seventy yeah. grand. And this is the thing: is that if you are into these cars, you know, and from my side, you know, I say it's it's Ferraris, it's Porsches. I wince at some of the prices. You know, five fifty Barchetta was in this auction. It's just below there. Actually, we can scroll down to. It. I think it's sold for. Uh, sold for good money as well. Hold on. Uh, 550 bucket. Uh, yeah, 218 grand. You know, I, I love those things, you know. Mm. But even I'm like, oh, God, that's a lot of money. Mm. But that's still less than the bloody skyline. And as an individual enthusiast who just loves these cars, mm. are you really spending 224 grand on a Skyline or 105 grand on an RX-7 and going and driving it around the roads? Are you? Because if you are, wow, you have got all the disposable income. Mm. I mean, you are like just, that is just um, unbelievable because at I'm that money- sure. I'm not sure that's happening, mate. But also maybe my commenter or tweeter made a good point that, heck, if they're trading for $400,000, which we know in today's market is about £390,000, um, that's a there's profit to be made on that Skyline. To pick that's it up and take I it said. straight over to America, that's there's still huge profit to be made. That, that's what I'm saying. I think that I, I, I cannot imagine if that's what they're making over there, I would assume that's what's happening. Yeah. Mad to see. I think uh, let's go out and buy some <laughs> Japanese cars ASAP because clearly there's some money to be made. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the European stuff and back to the Gran Turismo collection, as I say, you know, I, I think it did well, but let's just touch on this kind of you know, what does that mean for the overall market? Because this was the, you know, we saw a lot of tweets, a lot of people commenting, you know, this is going to be a really interesting insight into and what this all means. So now we've looked at the figures and we can agree that stuff has sold well here, that there is some confidence somewhere for values in these cars. And this is a lot of money for these cars and they, are, they have sold. So in your mind- We think they've sold. Sorry, yes. Uh, yeah, we did clarify that. As far as we know, on paper. Um, you don't think that, gives any kind of, that's not at all relative in terms of the rest of the market. That it's, it, this is an outlier. This is just a, an auction for collectors. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not, not a thing. Because I do this every single day. So 
like I said, we've been seeing the drop off for about a year now, um, and it, and it's just gradually declined. So this doesn't tell me that it's declining in that world. You know, there's lots of different markets in the car trade, as there is in the house trade, as there is in commodities market. There's lots of different, and with every bad market, there'll be a good market. So markets are always supply and demand, as we know. So there's obviously still a demand for this gear, for this stuff, specialist stuff. It's less so in less so in the in the mass market. It, it, it's changed. So, and as far as I'm concerned, mass is where you want to be because you're appealing to the mass. You 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 know you you've got a product that that you can sell to mass as opposed to you know waiting for the one big ticket that you know you could sit on for two or three years businesses are always built upon turnover and you know moving the money and stuff when you when you add it up that you put a million quid into a car you wait 10 years to get 1.5 1.6 million quid think how much money you could have made on on using that money for the four or five years. If it's excess money, which a lot of this stuff will be, it'll be excess money that people have got and they're just parking it up. I completely understand. But if you're talking from a business point of view, then it's not it's not the right way to go around things, which is why I say to you that it's not relevant because the man who, this Gran Turismo man, he's rung the bell. Well, I think he's probably rung the bell, you know, but he's had the money there. He's invested it in cars, just like people doing watches and paintings. And, you know, they all do. It, it's it's speculating. It's calculated, but it is speculating on hoping that your investment goes up. And you made a good point that, you know, in this space, especially with this auction, this is where RM did a great job, is that these are cars that maybe some people have had their eye on for a while or cars that don't come up for auction every day. I mean, especially those Group B rally cars. Mira SV, things like that. These are very special cars that if you're in this market, this is your one opportunity to get them. And that's why the auction is, I, I guess, a great route. This, it's not the everyday market where there's tons of options and tons of availability yeah. and people are buying for different needs. These are, as you say, investment grade. You know, these are, it, it, I think it de- demonstrates the divide in uh, the current uh, population, no, society in terms of, you know, this is big money people spending big money and they're looking for a two million pound mirror. They're probably not as affected by the cost of living crisis in this country as the rest of us are. They might not even be based here. They might not even be based based here. Somewhere somewhere completely different, which again, that's another conversation. You know, there's a lot lot of houses in London that is owned by not British or English residing citizens, citizens, and they're completely empty. For sure, all the big properties in London, there's yeah. no one in them. You never know who who, who the buyers may have been, yeah. but I think yeah, it, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a different kind of thing to to use this as a a view of the general market confidence. Is yeah, it is tough to do. I think if you're a specialist in this world, if you're a dealer in these kind of cars, if you're a collector, sure, you might look at this and see how it applies values to your own collection. Or if you're in the market for an F50, you can judge prices a bit better. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That, that's fine. Um, but I think for for us average Joes who are looking at cars either a lot lower than this, 
or at some of the lower end stuff yeah it's it's still it's still a bit of a yeah it's a, a red herring if anything well it's all it is all speculation as well because no one knows no one could have forecast what these cars would have done mm-hmm. over the last few years no one mm-hmm. i don't care what you say or how clever you think you are no chance would someone know that that they were going to do it. they're speculating yeah yeah, yeah, of course they're speculating. They're driving the price up because their mate's doing it as well. And then their mate's doing it and then their mate's doing it. So inherently, without them even knowing, they're driving the prices up. What about that man that bought... Um, did he buy a lot of the same car? Who was that? Do you remember that? Uh, what car was it? He bought, bought out, took the market out and bought... Well, the SLS was a famous one and also the McLaren F1 was two guys. The McLaren F1, yeah. So the story that I heard about the McLaren F1 was that it was two guys bought i think five or six of the cars and they would literally swap them between each other at auction and they would up bid up the price bid up the price yeah and they would just be changing them between each other and then okay wow mclaren f1's now worth three million oh my god next time it's always worth four million and yeah. they would just do that and then they'd end up having seven or eight of them yeah and they were suddenly worth 10 mil so and don't uh, forget as well uh will be absolutely incredible marketing this sort of product for sure they will have absolutely rinsed the life out of trying to get the most money they can because it's within their interest to it because they're, they're trying to run a business as well of course and they're very good at it yeah so you know they drive demand up and they get the get the old pot turning and get people excited that's the whole point of an auction you know you get people get people excited and get them bidding and Sotheby's are one of the best at it obviously so there'll be a bit of that as well, you know. So you do have to take it with a pinch of salt. It's definitely one hundred and ten percent. It's not the market. It's not. It's not. It's not a way to analyze the current market. I, I wish it was, mate. Because yeah. the, uh, you'd be loving life. Uh, you know, we, we, we're back but, to normal. But then again, you say that. I mean, most of these cars are just so out of all of our reach. You know, this is not cars that you're dealing with day to day. These are not cars that we're even considering buying. There's a handful of things that, you know, in our realms, you know, I would have loved to have thought a 2000 JDM car would have been, but clearly not. Um, So yeah, there's lots, lots, lots of silly stuff. Um, And actually, you know, I'm saying that I'm going to scroll through right now. What, what catches your eye? What would you, what would you have been bidding on? I think I kind of know roughly, I'm going to hover near the newest stuff for you. (sighs) What catches your eye? Well, the 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 sheer on and the laugh, obviously, but not four million quid. Four million. That's the three hundred and four mile an hour one. Yeah, so I think one thirty or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but what was that? What is that? No, two and a half. I don't know actually. I I, I think the standard Super Sport is two and a half. Is it's it? limited to two hundred and eighty miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, slow that. One. Oh god. <laughs> so it's three million quid. Yeah. Then, so La Ferrari. Do you like a La Ferrari spec red with black wheels, black roof? Um, I probably wouldn't have a red one. No. Probably I, would have, I'd probably have a black one or grey okay. one. Oh, okay. I would, yeah, I'd have a dark colour. Uh, yeah, Enzo, Enzo. obviously. Uh, I love these. I love the EB110s, the previous Bugattis. Yeah. Not Super just, nice. They not don't do you. anything for me, no. Um, and then I don't think... Across the, would you have a 16M? Because you like a Scud. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a cool car, that 16M. Cool. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. That's a steal. That was the one that I wanted to mention. 348 Challenge, road legal for 70 grand. What a winner. Is that good? Oh, I think it's super cool. I mean, again, awful, but... Yeah. <laughs> Is that a DB5 there? What did that did that make good money? Uh, price upon request, so it didn't sell. It didn't sell. There's a 190 SL, very yeah, nice, 138 grand. That seems like a bit of a bargain cool to me. Car, yeah. I don't know what those prices are, though, but... Yeah. 
Anyway, well, there we go. Look, I, it was an amazing event. Thank you to RM Sotheby's for, for having me down. I was doing a little bit of work for them, uh, doing some promotion earlier in the week, but then also they just allowed me to go in and, and make a cool video, which I was super pleased that they gave me that access. That was very generous of them. Um, and, you know, yeah, for me in general, just cool to see all those cars together in one room. For sure. That's what made them special. And, yeah. you know, obviously... We, had, we did have the chance at previous events to see some of those cars here in the UK. Yeah. But, but cool to see them all underneath one Well, they room. would have presented them lovely as well. They did. They did they a great do a job. Great they job. built them yeah, together. Yeah, of course so. they do, yeah. Super, yeah. super ace. Um, uh, anyway. Oh, go the, on. What you the, um, uh, as well with the car market in general, people always need cars, mate. But there will, there will never be a... But you know, I get DMs sometimes that, oh, you've had it now. You're never going to sell another car again and all that. <laughs> People always close the business cars. down. Yeah, Tony's not going to have a business in two months' time. That's it. He's finished. He's never going to earn any money again. <sighs> Please, honestly, <laughs> there's there, there will still be. A he car doesn't need market. to earn money. He doesn't know how rich he is. It? It's not. It's not. Not. I mean, I've got other businesses as well. So, but that's not a thing. <laughs> the the people will always need to buy and sell cars. Yeah. Always. Sure. It, they always have, and they always will. Going forward, we're just generally. You know, the market will soften, of course, as we know, like it will in a lot of things. And then it'll come back again. And you know what? I don't know why we're sort of... It's turning into a like, feeling like we're trying to justify ourselves. I don't think that's what we're trying to do here, but we're just commentating on the current situation. I see a lot on Instagram at the minute, price reductions. That is something we haven't seen for ages, I think. Supply and demand, mate. Yeah, like I, I'm seeing it a lot from loads of different dealers and individuals of like, oh, here's X car, now price reduction. Oh, we reduced the price on this. Or look at this now. And that really in this country, I feel like hasn't happened for, for a good few years. Well, it hasn't happened for over two years because of the madness of COVID. And by the way, this was coming, this mm. recession, and was actually delayed by COVID. This would have been here 20. 21 anyway. Oh, even without COVID, do you think? Yeah, no, it was coming, mate. One because, because so I don't know. So. Because it's uh because it's a cycle. Oh, you know, okay. The last one was 08, finished in it was long, three or four years. So we, we come out sort of eleven or twelve. They're about every ten or twelve years in general, we're ten or twelve years down the line. You know, it, it was coming. It's actually COVID stopped it. Because what happened was when 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 we had COVID, a load of money government money was thrown back into the market which propped the market up for a short period of time which is why we had that big boom had that not happened and we not had covid we, we was heading for it mate anyway we we was it was coming 100 percent. so you know we're gonna have a bit of a lull it's gonna be hard it'll be harder we're, we're all gonna earn the same money just work a bit harder and then it'll come back again you know it always does come back and we'll be here every week yeah. <laughs> talking about the greatest sports cars for five and ten grand because we, <laughs> we won't be able to look at anything else. <laughs> or we won't have any clothes on. We won't be able to afford any. So There'll be a little fireplace. Pants. There'll be a little fireplace. <laughs> we won't be able to afford the heating. Twiggy won't be shaking. She'll just have frozen into an ice block. Um, but <laughs> Twiggy will just be a skeleton because skeleton. he won't be able to afford a folder. Uh, we'll be eating our meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, one thing I wanted to quickly touch on, and maybe we'll make it into a bigger topic when we're back from America um, so I've now, I think it's been six months with the diesel X3 which right. I've been running which is the family whip um, obviously now in the UK diesel is staying extortionately expensive 20 or 30 it's about 30p dearer than petrol yeah so it used to always be about 
five p max. Usually only one or two p, right? One point I mean, it was less. It was oh, diesel was less than yeah, unlimited. Yeah, yeah. So it's now yeah. It's we're still up near the two pounds a liter for diesel. Yeah. Where where uh, unleaded has dropped down to sort of one seventy, one seventy, or one or one sixty this morning. Yeah. So um, that's interesting because I feel like I'm not the only person who maybe isn't quite ready to jump electric, couldn't find a hybrid that fitted the lifestyle necessarily. Um, I thought, well, I'll go diesel so that I can extract longer mileage per tank and blah, blah, blah. But we're now getting stung in the tail slightly by it. And I wonder what's going on there because we, we keep seeing Shell and BP more profitable than ever. Why is diesel more expensive? And is diesel now going to be slowly pushed out in our whole sort of world of hybrids and electrics and synthetic fuels. Possibly, possibly. I still think it's a supply and demand thing. We still use lots and lots of diesel in this country. Uh, I'd like to know what the actual split is, but I bet it's pretty close to half each, maybe a bit more diesel. Still, when you think of all the lorries and and the buses and the coaches and stuff, they're all diesel, they're not petrol. So I would assume it's a supply and demand thing. Um, interestingly, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but I will just quickly touch on it because we are talking about fuel. Over the last few weeks, months, I have noticed people coming out of their electric cars and going back into combustion cars. And I've seen that three or four times and... We've had two customers do it, and I've asked them the reason why, and they've just said we just can't. You know, we 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 felt pressured into going into an electric from the government. We've said it on the air before. It doesn't work for us for whatever. We got a charger at home, but it doesn't it doesn't work for us. We want to go back into the combustion yeah. car. Maybe they've gone too soon. Yeah, I I I, I don't know, but it, it, it's what, weird. That, and then they've gone back into a petrol car, a diesel car, or a hybrid. Both both the, the two experiences that I've I've had. They've gone both back to petrol. Interesting. But I've I, I've underwritten lots of cars from main dealers where Land Rover dealers and BMW dealers and they're taking in Teslas in part exchange and people are going back into petrol or hybrid cars. Wow, for sure. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've seen it a, a lot over yeah, the last yeah. few months where. Well, maybe people have just felt felt they've jumped too soon. Oh, you know, as as we know, as we've maybe. banged on about many times before, infrastructure's not quite there yet. So well, people are listening to us. <laughs> I doubt. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Don't do that. But yeah, there's an interesting thing at the moment. I say, you know, the the well, I'll do. I'll talk about the X3 in a bit more detail at some point. Um, probably need to update. Yeah, X40. Sorry, X3 M40i versus M40d. Do a, um, lot, of, do a lot of miles in your car. Yeah, ish. I mean, I use I use the F type as a daily. So that car really is used by Vicky and Twiggy. Unless, like, for example, we had friends staying, so we used the car. How many miles have you done? Six months. How long you had it? Six months. I actually have no idea how many miles I've done. Right, okay. I literally have no clue. I've looked down once. Because but... I think nowadays, unless you're doing 20 plus thousand miles a year, I think the petrol equivalent's probably cheaper. Well, I, I want to look at the maths because I get 400 miles per tank, I reckon, from that M40D, mm. where from the petrol, I would get about 250 miles a tank. Both the same to fill up? Both the same to fill up. Oh, well, no. Well, the same size tanks. Same but, size tank. But cost, no. Because obviously now I'm paying nearly £2 a litre. Correct. For diesel. Where I'm pay- so, But they're both 60 litre tanks or 70 litre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 60 litre. I mean, something like that. So that's why I'd be interested to work out the, the costing 
you know, financially, how much further am I getting? Unless you're doing a lot of miles, you'll be worse off. Potentially. Sure, because that's always been the case with diesel. And, you know, if you, it used to be like, you know, if you were doing under sort of 10, 12 miles, 1,000 miles a year, you're better off having the petrol. But now it's a lot more expensive. So I bet it's 20, you know, the, the goalposts have moved. Or to be discussed on a future episode. Um, anyway, Twiggy definitely looks like she's going to have a pee or a poo in a second. So I think we'll curtail today's episode slightly shorter than usual. It's not really. We're kind of bang on time, so we've done well there. Um, but yeah, next week, we'll be coming to you live from America, behind the glass in California. That's what like, we're going to do. I feel like we want a theme tune. I talk like, like that all week, on. Yeah. Hey, guys, what's going on? So today I saw a rat, Chevrolet. Um, so yeah, we'll be coming at you for a moment. If there's anything you think we should be doing, any cars you want to see us get in, we will try our hardest, but we do have a pretty jam-packed schedule. And I've got to be really um, nice to people, right? No, you you be you, but um, right. good luck getting shot. Uh, <laughs> or not getting shot. Uh, so subscribe now, turn on notifications so you don't miss those future episodes. Uh, if you want to follow Tony during our American adventures or in general, he's at Tony Grumwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.